Hey, good morning, everyone. It's uh, 9.30. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Uh, my name is Melvin Gaines. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, my assistant is also uh, to the side here, uh, who is also the uh, co-pilot, <laughs> Lynn Gaines. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get started with uh, the praise music for this morning. Uh, it is uh, Royce Mosley, the anthem, um, and it is a very beautiful rendition, and we'll play this while we allow people to jump on with us, so thanks for being here today. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Laura. Liz and Vic, maybe. Good morning. Good morning, Pearl. Another beautiful day in the Lord. And we all get to share it together. Good morning, Brother Nate. Good morning, Marnell. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Pearl and Walter, thank you for saying that. Good morning. Pearl and Walter. Very good. I don't think I said Pearl's name. That's right. Oh, yeah. No mercy. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. God bless you, brother. Glad to have you. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you? Good to see you. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Jackie. Good to see you both. and Joanna are present. Good morning. Amen. Hi, Ronnie. 
<laughs> so you jumped off again, you jumped back on, so that's okay. Gotta save my voice for today. We'll talk about that in a minute. Save your voice. If you never tried a veranda, the veranda flavor for Starbucks is delicious. It's a light brew. They're very tasty. Not too strong. Strong, but not like the regular strong. I am not singing to. Oh, he's about singing to this? No. <laughs> I'm not singing. I just have this. I have a sermon, a message to give, and I also am going to be doing Zoom Bible study later. So that was the reason. That's why it's a triple header for the day. <laughs> I am not singing. And it is laughable. <laughs> Every now and then you'll hear me start to sing to these. That's about as much as you're going to get out of me. <laughs> I have a great singing voice for the shower. That's it. I do all right. Amen. <laughs> Good morning, Arlen. <laughs> Royce Mosley can sing. Sang? That's the, yeah, he can sing. Sing, sang, sung. He's got a great voice. Welcome, everyone. Glad you're here today. Okay, uh, that was Royce Mosley uh, and uh, a bunch of individuals behind him. I don't, they're not labeled here, but they, they were singing the anthem. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today uh, for uh, Sunday School. We thank you for being here. We thank you for, thank uh, also Arlen and the praise team for the selections in the morning. Um, <laughs> you have a, a new phone with higher tech right now, uh, Roscoe. There you go. Uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, I knew you'd come on board one day. <laughs> so I'm glad that you have that. Um, I know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I kept talking to him and talking to him. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and do the announcements uh, for this morning.
Um, first of all, we to, this is the first leg of our triple header, as I was mentioning. We are going to have, of course, Sunday school. Now we have the message coming up after Sunday school. There will be a pre-recorded pre message online here uh, after Sunday school, and that is perseverance, wait in his presence. Uh, that's a message that I've uh, put together for this Sunday. Uh, that will also be delivered at church at 11 o'clock. Um, we will be outside today at church. Please dress comfortably. Please uh, wear a ball cap or a hat if you need to. And don't forget your bug spray. That will be necessary as well, too, I'm pretty sure, just because with bug spray, bug spray. <laughs> We're not doing an advertisement, but that's, uh, that's essentially what you'll want. You'll want off. Uh, uh, that's something that's going to be necessary. There's just been a lot of mosquitoes and bugs this year, a ton of them. Um, maybe it's just because of um, um, going through a pandemic. You saw, start to see all kinds of things that you don't uh, normally uh, get to see. Good morning. The air is clean. And the air is clean, right. Good morning, Bev. Um, thanks for being here this morning. And at 5 o'clock today, we will be having our Zoom Bible study. So if you are interested in participating, if you've got enough heat for the day and you want to get inside and cool off a little bit, why not pull up a Bible and sit with us on our Zoom Bible study at 5 o'clock. Uh, we do these once a month and we, we had one that was earlier this month that was postponed from the previous month, so this will be the essentially the second one, like the blue moon, yeah, the Zoom Bible study. It actually was the, yeah, flipped around, but we normally do them on the fourth Sunday, so we will be here on uh, at 5 o'clock for Zoom Bible study. It is by invitation only, by email. If you want to participate in this Bible study and you already have Zoom, uh, you'll need to send an email to us and uh, at acronalliance at gmail.com if you want to participate. Uh, we already have a bunch of people who have already sent us the emails, but uh, and everyone's welcome, absolutely. Just like for Sunday school, if you guys uh, want... Uh, people to participate in Sunday school, spread the word. It, it's, everybody's welcome to come to these. It's not uh, just the church. Well, the invitation only is to link you into the but, Zoom. Right, but the invitation only is to link you into the Zoom Bible study because the link will be in that invitation. And those will be going out at approximately 4, between 4 and 4.30 this afternoon uh, so that you'll be able to participate on that. But just send your email address if you want to do it uh, to uh, akronalliance at gmail.com. Okay, that's that announcement. Please remember your tithes and offerings. Please remember to take care of that uh, business for the church. If you are mailing your tithes and offerings, they go to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Those are uh, to be mailed out to that address. We ask that you, uh, for those who are coming to church today, there will be a drop box on the side of the church for you to drop your uh, envelope in for your tithes and offerings. And we want to remind everyone, just for the sake of uh, making sure that we don't forget to pray for Pastor Gus. Pastor Gus, and pray for the elders as well, too. Uh, that's uh, Larry and also Brother Roscoe. Keep praying for them as they uh, go through their uh, recoveries. Um, uh, Pastor Gus is going to uh, be doing rehab, I believe, tomorrow. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But just keep him in prayer. Um, he has a lot of discomfort, and I want you just to keep him in prayer and make sure that you're remembering him in your daily and evening prayers uh, as before you go to bed. Please do that. Um, we um, wish him well. He will he will be resting today at home, uh, by all accounts. Uh, and let's see. I think that covers everything that we need to take care of today. For announcements, 
But just a reminder to, uh, and yeah, and, and just a reminder that we, we're going to be covering a study in Hebrews today, and it's going to be a very good one. Um, remember to keep praying for our church as well, too, and all the members, all the people that we, we know who are um, feeling good, feeling not so good, but to just keep them in prayer and lift them up to the Lord for healing and his presence and comfort. And that's exactly what a lot of uh, we'll be discussing today is taking place. We're going to be talking about perseverance. That's the uh, message today, perseverance. So that's going to be a really um, great message for those of us who are kind of going through it and, and knowing that the Lord is still present is very, very important within that process. Okay, I think that's all the business at hand. We're going to go ahead and get started because we want to be on time and get down to church on time to, to be able to do a message and do it on time. Um, let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us as a church to get together and sit quietly and fellowship here online and just listen to the words you have to speak. Not my words, but your words, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your teaching. I thank you for your very presence in all that we do. Bless us and keep us, Lord, as we move forward and we give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. Amen. Um, praying, prayer is very powerful. Amen. We've got to keep praying for our, our church, our members. Uh, just keep lifting them up. Uh, and that's why it's very important to do these things. And what this particular me uh, lesson uh, in Hebrews between uh, verses 7 through 10 and then verses 11 through 14 are two different messages. Um, the, the text is still referring to how Christ is greater than the Old Testament priesthood. And that's something we need to see here. And we also recognize that Jesus is indeed the great high priest. So this is this lesson is being taught to the Hebrews, and it is kind of a uh, important for us to understand what Christ did for us and what He went through on the cross for us, and why He did it, how He did it. He was doing it because He was being obedient to the Father. But we're going to read the passage and go through this a little bit and spend some time in it. And I like how the writer of this passage is very frank and very honest about what happened to Jesus and what was going on in his mind. This is all inspiration that's being provided by God himself to pass on to the, the listeners in this message. And then in verse 11, going further down, there is a little bit of a criticism of those people who are being spoken to because, you know, it, it, it makes you wonder when, when, when things like this are being written, are people paying attention? You know, are people really listening? Are people really paying attention to the lesson that's being provided. And I know that when sometimes when you go before a group of people, you'll know that you'll have some people who are really paying attention. You'll have some people who are uh, not paying attention because they're just not able to. They're falling asleep, whatever it is, or they're just uh, consumed by something else. But the, the point of this is that God is trying to teach us something every time we open up his word and every time we look at his word. He is trying to teach us something. And it's very important for us to be paying attention to what he's teaching us. Let's go through the passage, starting with verse 7. This is the New Living Translation, starting with Hebrews 5, chapter 5, verse 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears 
to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Verse 9, in this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Verse 10, and God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now look at verse 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Verse 12, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need, need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13, for someone who loves on, lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Okay, that's Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. Let's dissect this a little bit more. Going back to verse 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. Now, what we need, and let me finish, I'm sorry. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Okay, so we're referring to Jesus at that moment when he was truly pleading for results. That was back in Luke 22. We can take a look at that. Go to Luke chapter 22. Verses 41 through 44. And we remember this passage. What we have to always keep in mind here about what Jesus did and what his role was when he was serving the Lord, serving God the Father, it was an obedient role. He was to be the uh, sacrifice for all human beings, but he was fully God and also fully human at the same time. So naturally, he had human emotions, and these are things that were, are being expressed here, and we need to see and understand. It's impossible for us in our human capacity to separate this whole thing about being fully human and fully God. It's something we have to understand and trust in faith because we don't have any, anything else to go on here. There's no comparative we can make except for our own humanity, our own emotions. We can relate in that respect. But look what it says in verse 41 of Luke 22. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then verse 43, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And then verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I want to mention something here about those last two verses in the original manuscripts. Those were not included. Those were added. But it gives you the idea and it gives you the understanding, though, about what was going on with Jesus. The fact that God himself knew that Jesus needed to be strengthened and sent an angel and that he was in great agony. Very, very emotional distress is what was taking place then. 
And I think that all of us understand what it is to go through great emotional distress. We, there's, for all kinds of different reasons, we don't need to get into that here, but we know that when we have been in total anguish and we've uh, perhaps even fallen prostrate uh, before God, on our knees before the Lord, really just praying and seeking after him and seeking uh, any kind of wisdom, any kind of information, um, that's going to be the nature of our message later about perseverance. But Jesus had cried out to God. He was in agony as he prepared to face death. He was, but he was prepared to suffer this death, this humiliation, um, this separation from the Father in order to do what? To do God's will, plain and simple. He was being obedient to God. He was doing exactly what he was called and sent to do. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it was an emotional situation for him. And we need to see this. <clears throat> Remember, Jesus Christ is our human example for us as far as what you can go through and what you can experience as a human being, which makes him all the more relatable as a God before us, which makes him more relatable in all aspects because he experienced what we did, except he did not sin. He did not uh, succumb to temptation. That's something, one thing that he can say that we never, we cannot say, that he did not sin. So at times, we need to understand that this example is for us to show that we are going to undergo trials, not because we necessarily want to suffer, because no one wants to suffer. Suffering is not something we want to do. It's something we sometimes have to do. For what? For the purpose of being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we do it. We suffer because we're being obedient. Is that hard to do? Absolutely. It is. There is nothing easy about any of this. There's nothing um, that's going to be uh, helpful other than God's presence. That is what it, it comes right down to for all of us. And even then, he was praying, Jesus was praying to the Father. He was relying upon what? God's very presence. Um, he knew he had to do it, but it still was just very, very difficult. But it was God's presence that helped to sustain him and get him through that. I, I encourage you to let Jesus sustain you and encourage you in times of trial. And the condition of that, of course, is just being obedient to him, just being obedient to his presence, being obedient to his word, being obedient to his commands, uh, staying out of sin, staying out of those difficulties that keep you out of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to understand that you're going to be able to face anything if you know Jesus Christ is with you. Amen and amen and amen. You can face anything. There's nothing. That's what you need to understand about this passage, too, back in Luke 22. You, you can face anything if you know God is with you. If you know that he is going to be ultimately there um, to assist you, to comfort you, to do the things that are necessary. We, uh, to make sure that you feel more comfort in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your difficulty. Sometimes it's tough to recognize, you know, when people go through pain or constant pain, where is the relief coming from? Well, the relief is not necessarily coming from the physical aspect. It's the spiritual aspect. It's God's presence. It helps you to endure those things all the more. It's very, very difficult to do, but it's something that God can only do for you. So these are things that we have to keep in mind. Um, have you ever felt that God didn't hear your prayers? That's the other thing to consider here, too. Do you think that God heard Jesus' prayer uh, in Luke 22? Of course he did. Um, he, he definitely heard it because that's why the angel was sent to minister to him. 
and, and that's something we have to recognize and understand. Um, be sure you're praying with reverent submission. Be sure that you are praying with humility. Be sure that you're praying where it's not something where you're just doing it because it's a ritual. You're doing it because it's sincere. Your prayer should always be sincere. Your prayer should always be something coming to the Lord where you're not doing it just because someone tells you to do it. You're doing it because you are doing it because you're compelled to do it because um, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about doing that very thing. And just be ready and willing to do what God wants you to do. God responds to his obedient children. Plain and simple, obedience. That's what it comes down to. And so my challenge you know, throughout the week is to remain obedient to him. Uh, when those moments when I mess up, when I sin, I go back to him and just repent and ask for forgiveness. It's an ongoing process. Everybody knows this. Everybody should know this. Don't get stuck in sin and just stay there. Remain obedient to the Father. If you expect him to have fellowship with you, if you expect him to give you comfort, you need to start with obedience. Start with being obedient to him. Let's go to verse 8, just to keep things moving here. Even though Jesus was God's son, back, I'm sorry, verse 8 in Hebrews chapter 5. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Interesting. He learned obedience from the things he suffered. Even in his suffering, he was learning. He was learning and growing uh, in the humanity aspect of him. Of course, the, the God side of him did not need that. But remember, this is a human experience we're referring to. Jesus was giving this for our benefit. This was for our information. Um, he, his human life was not a script that he passively followed. He was a life he chose freely. Take a look at John chapter 10. John 10, verses 17 and 18. St. John. Yeah, St. John. John 10, verses 17 and 18. He chose it freely. We always want to keep in mind here when we look at the scripture in this context and we're looking at what is actually going on, it's important to look at the totality of what Jesus' life represented. He was being a servant for the Lord in his effort. And look at it says in verse 17 of John 10. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. He was being obedient. He was being, being a willing servant. He was willing to lay down his life and have it taken up again. For what purpose? For our purpose. Because he loves us. He died on the cross for us. He's he, he sacrificed, he shed his blood for us. He did all those things to cover our sin, past, present, and future. That's why he did it. He did it for everyone. Did it for me. Did it for you. Uh, that's why he did all those things, because he loves us. And he was being obedient to the Father, because he was the one selected, before any of us would ever even know or understand what that was, to be the living sacrifice for us, for all eternity. And that's exactly what he did it was and we're, we're seeing these examples of what jesus did it was making sure that we understand the importance of being obedient to the father obedient to god's will being obedient to everything that he commands in this word and jesus of course is the one who commands it in his word and understand that the obedience 
led to even his suffering and death. So because Jesus obeyed God perfectly, even under great trial, he can help us to obey no matter how difficult obedience seems to be. We always struggle with obedience, amen? Obedience is the thing that keeps us from truly growing and allowing, um, lack of obedience is what keeps us from growing and allowing the sanctification of the Holy Spirit to continue to work through us to make us even more uh, Christ-like in our behaviors. So Christ is showing us the example for us as to how to live, plain and simple. And that's what he's doing here. So even when we struggle with our obedience, we always come back to the fact that it's really important for us to be obedient to God's will. And that's what we need to understand here. Okay, verse 9, back to Hebrews chapter 5. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So we're looking now again at how because of Christ's perfection, his perfection, and that's what we need to see here, being morally perfect, he demonstrated his perfection to us, not to God or to himself. We, we are seeing his perfection in how we are to strive and to achieve or try to achieve living in exactly that same manner. Of course, we will never, uh, we cannot be like Christ. We have to always strive to be like Christ, but he's given us tools to do that. Obedience in his word, obedience to being in God's will, living in his will, and making sure that we're always praying and seeking his presence in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we can block out the indwelling Holy Spirit. So he gives us what we need to live in such a way where we can become Christ-like. But if we choose to not do those things, then we're not going to live the way he wants us to live. So these are all choices that we have to make. Amen? We have to decide that this is what we want to do because of Christ's perfection. Um, he is complete, but we are still working towards this completeness. We are still, because of our human nature, because of our flesh, we are still striving for that. If we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we would never come anywhere near what this is. You know that there is a difference between when you are uh, not a believer and when you are a believer and how that difference makes, it makes all the difference as far as what you can achieve because the Spirit has to be the one to bring you to this place where you're becoming more Christ-like, where you're becoming more obedient where you're learning ways to hide the word in your heart that you don't sin against the Lord and you grow and mature. And we'll talk about this growth and maturity later on in this passage. And so verse 10, let's look at this real quick. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So we're being offered this salvation, this eternal salvation because of Christ, because of what he did, what he took on for us, now, I'll give you a little side work. I'm not going to read this right now, but take a look at Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11 on your own about what Christ did for us and how he made himself lower uh, to be able to live in such a way and, and sacrifice himself for us. That's about his attitude more than anything else. You need to see what his attitude is. So I'll give you that as homework, and I'll just continue on here, that we frankly don't deserve to be in Christ's family. We don't deserve it. We know that it was done because of loving us and because of grace. And and so we need to recognize what this salvation really is. It's undeserved membership. 
we, we have an extended membership. I, it's interesting, when, when you go to the rec center, um, thankfully it's opening back up again this week, uh, after being closed this week uh, for remodeling, but when you visit the rec center, for example, you get a temporary pass. You get the ability to go in. Uh, you have to give your name and give your information to get this to get in there, and that's without paying for the membership. Well, you're not a member yet. Uh, in order for you to become a member, you obviously have to pay and become a a permanent member. But notice what God does for us, and it doesn't cost us anything other than just being obedient to the to the to Jesus Christ. We have an undeserved membership in heaven uh, for all eternity because of his sacrifice on the cross for us. Salvation changes your destiny. It awakens you into a whole new purpose of life, recognizing that your service is for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to do what God would compel you to do as you're remaining obedient to him. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you focus. He's going to help you with those areas where you now have a new outlook on life. You have the, you have overcome death because of his grace, because of his mercy. He is giving you, he's voted for you. He made an invitation to you and you accepted it. And so now that you have that accepted invitation, you have this membership and it's because of not all of your works, not because of things that you've done, but because of his grace, because he loves us so much we in our flesh cannot achieve any of this. It has to be through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. God loves you. You belong to him. He is the one who has done all these things for you. All right, now let's go to verse 11 because this is where the tide turns a little bit in the conversation with the, the Jewish Christians, the Hebrews. So we understand what God has done um, as and he is Jesus is indeed the high priest. But look at verse 11 again. There is much more, back in Hebrews 5, verse 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. I pray there's no one online right now that is going through that situation. You are not dull, and I, I know you're listening. Praise the Lord. But I know that sometimes it's just tough. It, you know, things get distractions. Distractions are always an issue. There are always things that are taking place in our lives that distract us from God's word. Satan is, is very good at distracting us. He, we know that because of our flesh, we get distracted very easily. I know that when I'm participating in the abide meditation time, when they're going over scripture, there's even conversation about block out all those things that distract you and keep you from hearing what God is speaking to you about. That's a big deal because if you don't know what he's saying to you, you're not listening then you're not receiving any benefit from it. So here, though, the criticism against those who are dull spiritually don't seem to listen, which is a little bit different, and I want to be clear about that. You you can listen, but if you choose not to believe, then you're back where you started, Frank, basically. You're not really where you need to be. So let's look at verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach uh, you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. So what the writer of Hebrews was saying here is that these Jewish Christians, even though they were Christians, they were very immature. They were, they should have been teaching others by now. They should have been actually able to have studies with other people because of all the exposure to the word they had, all of the knowledge that they were gaining, all of the understanding about who the living Christ really was, 
who to pay attention to, but they weren't doing it. They weren't able to. They were apparently, according to the commentary here, reluctant to move beyond the age-old traditions, the established doctrines, um, the discussion of what was basic. What was that? The Mosaic Law, the old word, the the word, the Old Testament word. They were still stuck in that area. And, you know, look, we, we read the Old Testament. We understand that it has relevance because it ultimately does point to Jesus Christ. But the criticism here was that the people who were participating in this uh, the the audience here, they should have been much further ahead than where they were. They should have been going beyond what the old Mosaic law was saying. They should have, and, and you know, you have to understand something. Peer pressure is amazing. Uh, if you're in your peers, with your peers, sometimes they will get you to do things that you don't want to do. Uh, if you, if you allow yourself to listen to them and not, and get distracted from what Jesus is teaching you. So they couldn't move out of their comfortable position they had to get uncomfortable. They had to cut some of their Jewish ties. They had to make a commitment to Christ. Stop trying to blend in Christ's teachings with their old culture. Because, really, Christ was the fulfillment of the law. There was no need to go back to that law. There was a need only to focus now on what Jesus was teaching, what he was referring to. And something that I saw online yesterday was very interesting. It was actually a reverend that I follow online, and someone came on and said, you know, uh, Christianity is just like all the other world religions. They're all uh, all the same. Why don't you let people go where they want to go and do what they want to do? If they want to be Buddhist, they can be Buddhist. If they want to be uh, uh, Muslim, they can be Muslim. If they want to go to all these different practices, and then he came up with all kinds of religions that uh, basically blend together uh, when it comes to uh, personal focus and, and things like that. And, of course, uh, the, the reverend that answered back uh, that it's all about Jesus Christ. It's not about other religions. And, and I'll add to that, uh, I didn't uh, go online and comment because sometimes it's not, a, not a, always a good idea to jump in and comment on someone else's timeline, uh, especially unless you're, not ready to, unless you're ready to make a real commitment to it. And I really didn't have that time to do that yesterday. But the thing I'll add here online is that uh, you're free in this country to do whatever you want to do. Amen? You live in a country that, where there's freedom of choice, freedom of religion, freedom of uh, speech, freedom of thought, freedom of actions. That, that's constitutional. Now, we know there have been challenges to that out there, but we need to understand that you still have that freedom. That freedom is here in this country. You can choose whatever religion you want to do. But one thing we need to understand is make a distinction about Christianity. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't seem to understand that. And sometimes what it really comes down to is that commitment to Christ really moves people out of their comfort zones. That's the whole point. It's very easy to go back into a camp and say, well, you can choose whatever religion you want, everything's going to be fine. But we need to understand that Christianity is much different. It's not the same as these other religions. It is totally different. It has everything to do with a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. Um, we have had a tendency in some churches to make it out to be more than that. It's not. It really isn't. It's all about following Christ. It's all about being obedient to Christ. And sometimes, and perhaps in the case of these Jewish Christians, they were just not comfortable uh, coming out of that old culture, that old way of thinking. And you know what? We as a people need to be very cautious to make sure 
that we are not doing things just for the sake of doing them and staying in a comfort zone. Jesus does wonders to make sure that we come out of our comfort zones through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be teachable. We need to be relatable to him. We need to be able to grow. And in order to grow from being infant Christians, what do we have to do? We have to learn discernment. Discernment is something we have to be trained in. Discernment, making the right choices in moving forward. Um, some of us are gifted with discernment. Some of us need help with discernment in prayer and just focusing on what the Lord is saying to them. You have to train your body, train your senses, train your conscience, train your mind to distinguish good from evil. That is what we need to do. That's where the discernment comes in. You need to know what's good and what's evil. Surround yourself with those who are good. The people online right here, surround yourselves with these people, the people on our timeline. We are the ones who are trying to do what's necessary to remain obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've made a commitment and a focus to get in the word on Sunday mornings to hear him speak to you. Not me, the spirit. That's the whole point of all of this. And so when we talk about discernment, recognizing between good and evil, you need to be able to recognize and distinguish what temptation is before it traps you. Can you tell the difference between a corrupt, a correct use of scripture and a mistaken use of scripture? That's the other thing. Can you make the distinction? Are you a Berean? Are you doing the training that you need to do where you can understand how scripture is being used properly or if it's being used incorrectly? Um, that's a real challenge for some of us because we need to make sure that we're doing that. I don't care how big or how uh, famous a speaker is or a person is or a preacher is or he's got 5,000 people in his congregation. I don't care about that. He is, if he's not using scripture correctly, you need to be able to tell that. You don't get all wowed by, wow, he's got a big audience. He's got a lot of people listening to him. Surely he's teaching the word. Well, no, <laughs> that's not a guarantee. Not at all. This is discernment. This is where discernment comes in. If you're in a church and someone is speaking to a, a group of people, including yourself, and you hear something that is anti-biblical coming from that pastor, get up and leave. That is what discernment really requires. You've got to make sure that if you know something is incorrect, if you know something is false, and everybody makes a mistake and they may say something that may not be correct, but if it keeps being repeated, and it's something that keeps being said in that same message, get up and leave. You don't need to be there. The Spirit will speak to you and tell you this is what you need to do. This is what every believer must do from here on out. You've got to have discernment and make sure that what you're being told is truth. And that's what we're, we're talking about here. Um, if, if you don't know, if, if, you have, if you're living only on milk, you're not going to be able to have this discernment. You've got more to learn. You've got to get in the word. You've got to study. It's about maturity. That's what it says in verse 14 here in, in Hebrews 5. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. That's the key here. If you recognize between right and wrong, you're, you're just about there. You're there because that's really important. Even though you recognize what's right and wrong, now, you still have to learn and grow more in, 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 in the power of the Holy Spirit in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There are things to do out there. You just have to keep doing that. But you've got to make sure you're in the right place. 
when it comes to God's Word and understanding it. So study, learning, daily reading, daily prayer, daily meditation. These are all things that we must put into practice. We must do it. It doesn't take a lot of time in the day to do that. You can do it sitting in the car while you're waiting for someone. You can do it. There's all. It can be done at home, of course. But listen, this is. There's all different times of the day, where you'll find that there is downtime, where you can be in conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Use it. Sitting in the car, waiting, sitting outside on the porch, sitting in the back somewhere on the patio, and you're reflecting. Uh, take your Bible with you. Do some reading. Um, seven to ten minutes a day. Put it together. Work on it, everybody. That's what we need to do to make sure we're maturing in our faith. That's exactly what we have to do. We we must do it. This is one of those things where you, you have a requirement as a believer to continue to mature in your belief. You don't ever want to neglect that. You don't ever want to let up on that. Just when you think you've got it together, you really don't have it together. That's why you just need to keep studying and reading. And that's why we, we're making this comment about this. Okay. And lastly, because our time is uh, ticking, it's almost gone. Yes, I know, right? So just keep feeding on that capacity of solid food. Solid food is what? The Word. Just keep staying in the Word. That's going to help us to show our spiritual growth. There's all kinds of things that we have to look forward to. We sometimes want to say, well, God's got us. We're going to be spending eternal life with us in heaven yeah, that's true, but there's more work to be done. There's still more growth for you as long as you're here on earth. Your perfection will not be realized until you are with him in all eternity. But until then, you're still growing and learning because you've got this flesh that you have to work through. And not only do you want to keep learning the word and digesting it and just kind of chewing on it and working with it and allowing the heart to be affected by it, you're going to keep growing in practice and using that word as you speak to people, as you pray for people, as you recall scripture, as you hear God speaking to you and giving you reminders on what's beneficial here. So please keep doing those things so that you'll keep growing and learning. And that was the criticism that the writer of Hebrews was giving them. You've got to grow up. you got to grow up in your faith. Amen? you got to grow up in your belief structure. You're learning that Jesus Christ is this high priest. He's over everyone and everything now. And now you need to recognize it and get, stop getting stuck in old cultural beliefs, old ways of thinking, old ways of recognizing things. Get in the Word, pray, and study, and grow in God's presence. And I pray that that's something that we'll be communicating all day today as you even pay attention to the upcoming message uh, about perseverance because when times are tough a lot of people just want to stop and you just can't you just have to keep moving so let's pray and let's pray that uh, for those people that you know as well too that they understand uh, the importance of just staying in the word and staying focused on jesus christ amen let's pray father thank you for this time that you set aside for us we just thank you for sunday school we thank you for being able to truly just hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you bless us right now. I pray that you keep us. I pray that you give us a desire to get into a regular daily routine of hearing you and speaking to you uh, at the same time as we're in your word 
and we're getting more accustomed to the Spirit, your voice speaking to us. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your mercy because of our need for forgiveness on many occasions. Help us, Lord, to remain humble before you. Help us to remain humble before you as we speak to others, whether it be in uh, encouragement or correction. We thank you, Lord, for being, helping us be mindful of your word, of your very presence. Thank you for your teaching. We just give you thanks, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. We are going to uh, take off and go to church in Akron. Um, stay online for those of you who are not going to be in Akron to go to church. The message, Perseverance, uh, Wait in His Presence, will be following immediately following Sunday school. Um, and for those of you coming to Akron, I'll give you the message when I get there. Amen. Um, and don't forget Zoom Bible study at five o'clock for those who are interested. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Have a wonderful Sunday.